episode 118 of the bad taste video podcast i am mike i am here with my partner uh for life i guess we share insurance now mr grizz and we are joined by a very special guest mr chase what's up my man What's going on? You guys interrupted me watching repair videos. Yeah, what, what was that? A cam? What was that? A camcorder? Yeah, is that VHC, man? I was learning. Hey, that's okay. I just found a super VHS player not too long ago. It's the first time I've ever found one. Yeah, so I, I didn't know much about the quality of those. I've been watching videos on people proving out the quality when you record an SVHS. Uh, pretty impressive. Is it any better? Yeah, it's a little bit better. It's like all right, unmastered yeah. DVD. It just looks crisp. I think they actually used to record certain shot on video movies were actually shot in SVHS. Ah, uh, then it looks like shit. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Chase is like our, uh, in our friend group, our go-to repair man when it comes to whenever our, our gear breaks down. He's the guy that we have to turn to. He has a, uh, a full workshop. He's fully nerded out in that sense. You, you do you do audio too, yeah. right? It's not just it's the it's not mine bravery. <laughs> <laughs> so, did uh, I was mentioning this to Grizz before? Did you see Brad from Home Improvement got arrested for trying to strangle his girlfriend? I did. It took me like twenty minutes to figure out who he was from that photo. <laughs> I guess I guess he really didn't make that much money, huh? What nah. happened? He was like a child star, though. He was in some other shit. That wasn't the only really? thing he was in. He was like, in like yeah, he what, was in. Was it like it wasn't like a TV show that he was on for a while? What the hell was that show? Well, like he was Law he was in another. Shit, he was in another movie, wasn't he? He was in like a big movie. What? Yeah, look it know. up, they, man. They put Jeez. him through that goth phase. That's probably what caused it. No, no, that's oh, the that's the young kid, right? We're talking about the oldest one, the troublemaker. Oh, wait, what? The young kid had a goth face, dude. You don't remember the goth face? I thought no. that was the older kid. Ah, uh, see, no, Mark, no, no. Mark turned all gothic, and she was the youngest kid, so we had all those like you know younger brother weirdo issues. So yeah, he had a goth face. That was sweet. Was all right, Zach, Zachary Ty Bryan is Brad. He was also in First Kid, right? Come on, you know that movie. Oh, yeah. The Rage, The Rage, <laughs> Carry 2. Yeah, he was in and The Rage, Carry 2. I do remember that now. Okay. Right. He was also movie. in The Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift. Wow. <laughs> Wouldn't it be a good point? I've never even watched any of those movies, so I, I've oh. never seen them there. What a piece of shit. <laughs> Uh, so by the time you are listening to this we have revealed the prizes for the bad taste video Halloween uh, spooktacular giveaway I think I changed the name every single week so far so why stop 
uh, you'll be able to see on our Instagram, on our Facebook page. That was the first place that we posted it. So please join us. Join the discussion. It's a pretty good time. Uh, but yeah, look on our Instagrams. We posted how to enter. We posted the rules, when you have to do it by. You, you pretty much got another week. Yeah, right? and what we're giving away now, and it is definitely some uh, some heavy hitters. Definitely something that I think most people would want to have in their collection. A lot of stuff we've done on the podcast, some things that we probably will eventually do. Oh, yeah. Definitely check it out. Uh, go to our uh, respective Instagram pages and enter to win. Good luck, scum. Right? Do I have to play the thing of the intro? Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to second that. You guys actually put some stuff off your shelves in that giveaway. I was not expecting that. Yeah, can that. you believe that? <sighs> can you believe that? Uh, we're fucking tight asses over here. We, uh, we actually... Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh man, I'm sweating, right? You like the uh, that meme with the guy pressing like the two buttons? <laughs> I knew that was gonna be the situation. That was, that was fuck. That's me. I'm a hoarder. <laughs> if you ever see me, if you ever see me get a tape, chances are I still have it. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. So we're gonna jump now. We're gonna take you guys back, all the way back to July. That's right, July. <laughs> Of 1999. <laughs> oh my god. You know what? I had such a good time making that noise. <laughs> Alright, so let's uh, set the stage for you, right? It's July 1999. Stone Cold Steve Austin, WWF champion, right? Uh, he's going to have this for another month or so. I think he loses it to Mankind at SummerSlam. Remember when SummerSlam mattered? Good times, right? Ah, dude, attitude era. What a fucking awesome time period in wrestling. As per usual, Hollywood Hogan, uh, champion, right? NWO, WCW, reigning supreme. Yep, he actually won it on a Nitro uh, the day after Randy Savage won it at, ba- at Bash at the Beach. It was some like tag team thing for the championship. Oh boy, Hollywood Hogan. He's in. He's in. Uh, he's in business for himself. You know what I mean, brother? I think he always has oh, been, yeah. right? And the the biggest thing, before you go see the Blair Witch Project, you could have went to Woodstock 99, which took place on July 22nd to July 25th. Chase, I know some of your favorite bands, such as Corn <laughs> and Limp Bizkit, played this event. Damn straight. Right? Limp Bizkit caught fire to the place, man. <laughs> yeah, that was that was quite the uh, the experience. I did not go. I was only twelve years old. The so, fucking, uh, I, I remember seeing videos know. of the uh, the ICP fuck the world uh, like um, show that they did, and whoop, people whoop. on the fucking board surfing and everything. Dude, if, if you're a juggalo, get at us. All right, we want to talk business. Yeah, let's go, dude. We're, <laughs> we're, we're hip. We can get down. Do you guys know anybody that went to Woodstock '99? I got some buddies that went, but I, I haven't talked to them in years. But that was that type of shit where everyone came back like it was the show that you missed. And the Limp Bizkit yeah. fire was the only thing anyone talked about. <laughs> I guess it was like a pretty I, dangerous event. Like, some yeah. serious shit went down as well. Yeah, like, there's a lot of unfunny shit that happened during <laughs> <Yeah>. that event. <laughs> Just a bit. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
I do remember watching it on TV. I do remember seeing it and being like, wow, it's fucked up. And it's like, covered it, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like one of those things where if you've ever been to an event, like a concert or anything, like a, a protest or whatever that's gotten out of control, like it's a very crazy experience. You know what I mean? Like, Jesus Christ. When there's... It's just fucking lawlessness, and you know you just gotta look out for yourself. Yeah, I kind of thrive in right? those moments. I don't know. It's something gets my heart racing. I don't know. Something about it. Oh, well, that's that's why you got the war mullet right now. Like it's fucking <laughs> road warrior over here, right? I'm ready to go, dude. Yeah, you need, now. Yeah, dude. You need like the dog collar with the leash, right? <laughs> You're good. Who were those two good, guys? Go. The barbarian was that one of them? And the fucking. The the uh, powers of pain. Yeah, dude, the barbarian and the one. warlord. The warlord, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The paint well, well, uh, road warrior Hawk would also wear the dog collar, and there's a famous video of him giving a promo, and he flexes his traps, and the dog collar snaps. Oh shit, really? It's like, yeah, it's a leather dog collar. It just breaks it. That's Mike's goal like, in oh, life, <laughs> dude. He could do it. He's like, he was like six three. <laughs> 6'3", 275. The guy was like on steroids for like three quarters of his life. Not possible to get there. <laughs> if we get enough, if I get enough messages about this, I'm going to convince Mike to try to recreate that video for everybody on his Instagram feed. <laughs> uh, you want to go see a good Road Warriors video? Go watch the, um, the bench press competition. Just put in Road Warriors bench press competition into YouTube and watch it. You'll see like supposedly yeah there's like supposedly like 500 something pounds on the bar and like you know it gets knocked off the bench and it goes rolling into the crowd and you see like the all the staff these like scrawny guys from like the early to mid 80s running after it like oh my god it's fucking really entertaining i love that shit r.i.p animal right and lock i guess it's over yeah (laughs) okay so we are in July of 1999. Uh, technically, this had four releases in America. Well, not really America, but so the first release, Sundance, January 25th, 1999. Second release, Cannes Film Festival, May 1999. Limited U.S. release in July. Uh, let's see, July fourteenth, nineteen ninety-nine, and the full U.S. release of the much-anticipated, highly promoted through internet uh, hysteria, the Blair Witch Project. Right? Is that? Yay! Claps! No. <laughs> yeah, no, no. That, that's what happened. That's <laughs> yeah, that <was> <laughs> good job. Uh, this thing was pretty much a miracle, right? Like you didn't see this happen too often, especially with shot on. This is sort of a shot on video movie, yeah, right? We call it that. They used high yeah, eight cameras was, uh, and shit. High eight, sixteen millimeter. Uh, pretty interesting, but. It turned into like this juggernaut of uh, mainstream money-making success, right? Uh, it spawned sequels that definitely didn't hold a candle to the original. <laughs> oh, it spawned that. multiple mockumentaries, crazy. And it all started because 
uh, these people figured that the internet, which was the Wild West at the time, was a great place to spread a rumor about a, uh, a witch legend from Maryland, right? Jesus Christ. They, it, it's brilliant. <laughs> I mean, to really... I mean, I, I guess you could say, wow, to take that chance, but I guess I think that probably had a lot to do with budgetary things, constraints at the time, but what a fucking brilliant way to, to market this film. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it uh, it was made on an estimated... Now, there's like a wide variety that people say 35000 to $60,000 budget, and then like another 200000 to 750000 in post-production with re, uh, reshoots and all sorts of shit like that. That surprises me. I'm not going to lie. That, that really fucking surprises me. I feel like me and you can make this on our phones. I mean, this is now, I guess, but... Well... Yeah, well, we saw them do it, so now we can, uh, you know, follow in their footsteps. <laughs> you don't have to be the first. You just got to be better, That's right. right? That's it. Yep. Uh, the thing with this movie was, even if this was, you know, 750000 if, if it made a, you know, if it cost a million dollars even, it made almost $250 million gross worldwide. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. I guess That's so... Considering that budget, that is pretty pretty gnarly. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone that made it set out knowing it would achieve anywhere near that much. Oh God, no! I think no. I read that like they even said that the, at one point uh, they were just kind of hoping they'd become like a TV movie or some shit. Like that was like the big goal was like to get this thing on TV. So two point five million the, or some shit. Yeah, nuts. Sell, sell the sell the TV rights. Two point five million, dude. Two hundred and fifty million. Two hundred fifty. Yeah, fuck. See, that's how. <laughs> that's how. Like, yeah, it's insane to me. That number blows my mind. At the time, I don't know if it's still true. I know it was true up until paranormal activity that may have actually beaten it but it was known as having the top box office ratio so like budget to money made so not surprising impressive and and you know what I know what a lot of people say about this movie nothing happens <laughs> <laughs> and you know what like you said before in theory you could have went out in a weekend with your friends and made this movie it was shot in eight days and it was shot all by the actors so there was it was basically shot by three people all with 16 millimeter and high eight cameras you know it was it's possible still for you to do this at Absolutely. home you could you could get a 4k camera still if you want to do you know a 4k film or whatever you could get a 4k camera a great one for under a thousand bucks you don't even have to come close to a thousand bucks to get a good one Shit, if you right, wanted to recreate so this, this quality, you could do it for a couple hundred bucks. I mean, those cameras yeah. now are dirt cheap. Oh, for a few hundred, dude, you can get one. You could probably get a beta cam or something like that for what, like 150 bucks for like a proved working one now? Yeah, like a, like yeah. a small Sony handheld or some shit like that. Something nice. I mean, you could go even to the thrift store and just, you know pick yeah, up every single them. one you get and but you guys are basically saying someone could accidentally stumble across the equipment to make this movie yeah for sure you could go buy the camera for like fucking five bucks at a, at a thrift store i mean i know they actually i think bought one of the cameras and then returned it after they made the movie so <laughs> like, you know <laughs> not bad but they they filmed it over eight days which we pretty much see when it's a shot on video movie or even 16 millimeter um even 
you know, Super 8 or whatever, they usually take months to do, right? All the all the movies that we've done in the past, it's like, oh, it took me fucking like three years to complete this movie. Oh, <laughs> yeah. it took me, you know, we had to shoot for nine months straight to do all this All the movie. actors change halfway through because it took so long to fucking make. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They did this in eight fucking days. I like Not that bad. it ended, uh, that, like they started production and that the very last day was on Halloween. That's, uh, that's a cool way to end this movie. I think it's a cool footnote and fitting for the season that we're in right now. Exactly. That's why we figured that this would be great for the Halloween extravaganza, right? Like, you. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, like I said before, this was the first film that heavily used the internet as like a marketing device. It was the BlairWitch.com, where you can still go on that website. It's pretty much unchanged. From when the movie came out. I remember going like to it lore. in 99, dude, and being like, what the fuck is this? It's so cool. Yeah, you get, you get the crazy timeline of everything, which we'll go over later. You see, like, um, fake police reports. You see pictures from the scene, from the crime scene. You see pictures of the shit that they found. I love the missing, cool. missing person pictures. Those are the coolest things. I think that's such a great uh, advertising thing to put out. Yeah, they did that at multiple film festivals, right? And then they actually did it in Burkittsville, I think. Smart. Uh, love it. Yeah, and they had to take them down or something because somebody actually went missing or somebody was murdered. Something fucked up happened there. There's so I many think. cool like ties to this and what I would consider to be one of the first found footage movies that we've covered in our past. If you want to go back to our catalog and check this movie out, Cannibal Holocaust that uh, just great marketing uh, and a new way to present film that I think is they both are just unique in that sense and there's a lot of similarities between them yeah this was another movie where people didn't know if it was real if it was fake you know there was mockumentaries being released before the movie came out they really set it up as like oh this was something that we found you know have you seen these people? They went just like Cannibal Holocaust. They they made like the actors lay low after filming and, you know, after the release and everything. Do I think that Cannibal Holocaust is on the same level of found footage film as this? I don't think so. Because the Blair Witch Project is literally something that you could go out and shoot, you know, with your friends, with readily available equipment, where everything in Cannibal Holocaust, like they had, you know, a sound guy, right? They had a, the camera. They weren't using camcorders. And then there was also parts of that movie that they that weren't shot by them. You know what I mean? Like oh, there was actual. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a, a, and to me, like this whole thing is just their footage. And it makes sense because I think they had some crazy amount of raw footage before they had the final cut. 20 hours, some, I think they fucking said. I, it, was, it, was it even that little? Like, I think it might have even been more. Because think about it. They were, they were out for how long? Filming like during the day? Days. You know, eight days filming day and night? Shit. <laughs> gotta be a lot, honestly. <laughs> Imagine signing on for something like this and, like, you don't even get rich off of it. Mm. It's like, fuck. It's like real, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre shit. Where it's like, yeah, we saw zero money. 
we all got fucked. Is that the case with these those actors? This Heather, Josh, and Mike? Is that really the situation? Yeah, I was looking it up when you guys mentioned doing this, and uh, one of them is a medical marijuana grower. Uh, the other quit his job on the release and actually had to go back to some furniture moving company. So uh, <laughs> it, uh, it definitely went pretty rough for him, it seems. That 250 mil yeah, didn't I- hit their pockets. So yeah, definitely not doing doing something decent with his life. The other one, he's moving furniture. No, yeah. no dude, Heather Heather Donahue's the one that has the uh, the medical grow up, man. Really, she's the one. Yeah, she does. Yeah. She's the only one that mentions marijuana in the film too. She's like, oh, I wish we had some pot or some shit in the one fire in the fucking in the hotel. Foreshadowing. Uh, <laughs> that's so fucking funny. She knew. So. Like I said before, this one spawned two sequels. You had Blair Witch. Well, it's Book of Shadows, The Blair Witch, right? I think that was the actual name. And then you also had The Blair Witch. Uh, Book of Shadows, vastly different from this movie, uh, different from The Blair Witch. If you watch The Book of Shadows now, I don't know when the last time you watched it, Super Tat uh, went over it and that made me want to go back and watch it and i did it's not as bad as i remember i mean honestly it's just like a fucking from the time period just one of those movies you know what are you gonna fucking do i've watched it i think once and it was right around the time period it came out i don't i can't imagine ever watching it again maybe because i was just so disappointed when because i was expecting one thing and then we got book of shadows which is a completely different film like stylized, uh, story-wise, everything was just weird about it in comparison. That was very two thousands book oh, of shadows, yeah, right? Did, totally. And and then it took a very long time, and we got the Blair Witch, which was twenty sixteen, I believe. Did you see either? You guys see that? Amazing. I, I did not see that one. I Dude, saw it. You got to see. You it. liked it, Chris? You got to see. You like it, Chase. It? It's it's so fucking good. I also enjoyed the movie. The ending a little confusing, but it's pretty cool, right? I, I I probably like this, or I probably like that one more than the original, to be honest with you. Maybe because it's just a little bit cleaner, and I think the the uh, the effects. Not that there's like you know crazy special effects in it, but there's just a little bit. It's just cooler. There's right? actual there's actual effects in it. Yeah, I think it's just fucking wild, man. It's such a really great job of using you know movies of. 2016 technology but making it still feel like a Blair Witch movie of 1999 they did a great job nailing that feeling well I'm gonna make the movie a little bit better for you also I would love that please you know when the monster is chasing her at the end I'm I notice I say monster because that's not the witch okay so the creators said that that actually is not the witch that is like just another like thing that i guess she has like at her disposal wood demon some kind of fucking yeah no nice yeah i dig that yeah so like you still don't know what the blair witch looks like so you you just busted out me going to watch that ruin ruin what happens here (laughs) yeah and you you summed it up by calling it a wood demon no 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 it doesn't look like a wood demon doesn't look like a fucking wood demon even though i do like that element of the movie no i <laughs> did sticks i did too but I, cool i also still like that element of having the the blair witch being this in you know ambiguous you don't know what the fuck it is you don't know what it looks like 
Yeah, it's like almost that. like an evil, like an Evil Dead type entity. Yeah. Right, like where it's just like haunting the woods. It's just everywhere. It's not like a singular thing anymore. It's kind of like an aura that just goes around, and you're fucked. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing that I want to mention before we hit the trailer and get into the movie is everybody that starred in this film used their actual name. So, like Heather Donahue, and then you had Josh Leonard, Mike Williams, and apparently uh, none of them get money from their names being used in the film. It's definitely so, by design, too. I'm sure, you know, knowing what I've, I've read and, you know, discovered about how this was made and the, the people behind it, like, the, the whole marketing thing was, was a, a plan from the get-go. So these people using their real names was just like all planned out because they wanted to have those posters. They wanted it to be real people that they could say are missing people. You know, I, I think that's pretty, pretty smart, to be honest with you. You don't see that a lot in movies anyways, where it's like, oh, here's an actor. Here's Jack Nicholson playing fucking Jack Nicholson. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it's a cool aspect. You know what the uh, the biggest reason why they kept their real names for it? Let's hear it. Because cause when they started fucking with them in the woods, it's easier for you to remember somebody's real name when, like, you're all fucked up instead of trying to remember, oh, like, oh, fucking John. It's like, oh, no, like, oh, fuck, we got to do it again. My Antonio, damn it. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but, yeah, they, they made no money off this. They got fucking screwed. <laughs> Uh, pretty good on the home video release, right? It made some money. Uh, one thing I noticed about the VHS tape, they pushed the DVD releases of everything, the dual-sided DVD releases, like, super hard, everything. Like, oh, check out this release, which now has a double-sided DVD. And you can watch the theatrical cut and the special director's cut with nine. I don't know why I remembered this. Probably because there was fucking nine of them on the uh, VHS before I watched it. Well, plus, that's like, oh, here, great. Here's a disc that you can fucking scratch both sides of now compared to just the bottom of it. Yeah, those early DVDs were rough, man. Yeah. I don't think any yeah. of mine survived. Actually, some survived, but not many. Uh, one other thing I want to add is that FX was actually where they played this first, the TV premiere, uh, October of 2001. And apparently there were two deleted scenes that were reinserted and neither scene were ever released officially in any of the cuts of the film. Weren't, weren't those two scenes like played on TV on FX? No, no, one that's time? that's. Yeah, that was it. That's it. Whenever right? they played, yeah, that TV cut had it, and then they never released it officially I've anywhere. I've never else. seen them. I wonder. I gotta look that up. I'm sure they're on the internet. I guess they just mean like officially as well, in, yeah. in, you know, <laughs> everything's on the internet. I can you show you some those? shit, bro. Can... <laughs> <laughs> and back to the back to the VHS release uh, for collectors out there. The Canadian Atlantis or Alliance Atlantis release is on a blue cassette. Uh, that seems to be pretty hard to come by. Uh, but really? if you're a VHS collector and you love this movie, that's probably one you need to seek out. I didn't know that. My fucking stupid... My artisan has the regular black one, the black cassette, but it has this nifty... Uh... Uh, the mailer? Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm gonna get me this T-shirt. Hell yeah. Yeah, we're just gonna make bad taste video Blair Witch beanies <laughs> and hunting hats. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> All right. Off. Why don't we hit the trailer? We'll get into the movie. I just want to apologize to Mike's mom and Josh's mom and my mom. I am so, so sorry because it is my fault because it was my project. Three missing Montgomery College students continues in Frederick County tonight. Ten days and thousands of man hours have been unable to produce any clues. We have a few leads, um, a few other options we want to take advantage of and just try to put together some uh, some pieces to this puzzle. Do you believe the occult may be involved in the disappearance of your son? I'm so scared. The Blair Witch Project, Grizz. I think it's time we uh, we battle, we synopsis battle again. Oh shit! All right, because we both enjoy this movie, and I think we can both come up with a good synopsis. So let's hear yours. All right, some kids get the cameras. They go into the woods. Some big spooky shit happens. Kids find a house. They're put in a corner, screaming, screaming, screaming. The end. Okay. Spot on. Uh, I I guess technically you are correct. Uh, all Good right. Luck, I guess bud. I got to try to beat. Yeah, I got to try to beat that now. Shit. All right. Uh, a group, a trio of filmmakers head out into the woods of Maryland to create a documentary about a local legend of a witch. I guess. I mean. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be technical <laughs> about it yeah. hey it's not too chase you want to try it <laughs> yeah I'll give it a shot alright alright <laughs> alright <clears throat> three kids disappear into the woods to find a local legend some shit happens and they don't come back <laughs> that might be mine let me tell you you know what if I'm going for like TV guide uh, we hope the read is in the TV guy. Yeah, Chase. 7 p.m. Saturday night. Yeah, like if Mad Magazine in 1986 had like a TV guide, that's, that would be what it was. Okay, yeah. So basically, um, this group of kids, I guess they're college kids, right? Are they supposed to be college aged or like Drop even after maybe. college? They come across as like college kids. No, at that age, know. for sure. They're definitely early 20s but they end up going into the woods outside of Burkittsville, Maryland in search of are they like trying to prove that the woods are haunted basically right because they're they're going there asking about this legend of the Blair Witch and they end up finding out that the legend is more than real right yeah I got I mean, <laughs> I don't know if it's if it's about going there to find out if it's haunted or are they more specifically just kind of like digging down into this the, the witch itself the whole legend of, well i'm now that i'm thinking about it i guess you're right because there is multiple stories 
of different occurrences that have happened in the same woods, right? Yeah. So first of all, we have uh, the three three people going into the woods. You have Heather, you have Josh, and you have Mike. And I believe Heather doesn't know Mike, right? Her friend is Josh, and he was, I guess he's a friend of Josh. Josh's, right? They're acquaintances. Yeah, whatever. So they, uh, they're they interviewing all these people from the town, and they're asking about this local legend, and they start finding out that all this shit happened in the woods out there. And it's been happening since, like, the fucking 1700s. Uh, we have... Do you want me to just talk about, like, the local legends? Yeah, I mean, I... Do you want, want me to talk about the Blair Dude, Witch legend? Right I want now? you to break down the motherfucking Blair Witch legends. All right, let's do this. All right, so it all starts back in 1785. Uh, this was before... Good year. Uh... What'd you say? Good year? Good year, baby. I love that year. Excellent, excellent year, bro. So this is before the area known as Burkittsville was Burkittsville. It was called Blair or the township of Blair, something like that. And you had Ellie Kedward, who was accused of uh, witchcraft. She was like bleeding children or some shit in her house. And eventually she was banished and they thought that she died from exposure but apparently she did not. The next winter, pretty much half of the kids in the town disappeared and her accusers were also missing. So shit was not okay in the town of Blair. And you know what? I tried to look into it to see if that was a a real place. Like they actually uh, used uh, you know, historical data Yeah, it's not. <laughs> to find out. And I, I couldn't find anything right. that said, you know, I just saw stuff from Burkittsville. But in uh, August of 1825 now, there was 11 witnesses that saw a pale woman's hand reach up and pull a 10-year-old girl into the creek and her body was never found. And apparently the creek was, like, blocked up by all these oily, like, fucking, I guess it was, like, the stick men. You know what I mean? And, uh, I like how, like, they're starting to make it where she's brazen, right? If you're in, like, her territory, she she don't give a fuck. She'll just fucking grab you. Could have been beavers. Now, I'm just saying. I don't know about that. <laughs> now, dude, this is, they, there's, there's tons There's tons of proof, man. This is real. Uh, March of 1886. A girl goes missing. A search party goes looking for her. The girl returns safely. And uh, they actually end up losing one of the search parties entirely. And they find him disemboweled at Coffin Rock. Jesus Christ. That's a cool story. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a I think that's actually a pretty cool story. And then also there was another series of child killings in the 1940s where seven children were stolen from the town and murdered. And it was all at the request of the Blair Witch. Pretty cool. So apparently if you go in her territory, she's going to fucking kill you. And I guess she's an elemental spirit of sorts at this point, right? 
able to conjure up things according to the Blair Witch in 2016. But this is the beginning of it all. Um, most of this information came from the mockumentaries. There was four of them. I happened to watch two of them today. <laughs> and then a lot of reading on the Wikipedia and the BlairWitch.com website. Didn't Blockbuster put out one of those documentaries, like, pay for it or something? I feel like they did. I, I had, like, a tape that had, like, yeah, the sticks Blockbuster and stones shit all over. Yeah, that's the one. Sticks yep. and stones, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I watched... Which one did I watch? Like, the Seven Children or whatever. The Burkittsville Seven or the Blair Seven. Uh, I watched that one, and then I watched, oh man, not, not the one that they did, that they released in July of 99, the one that they did for Showtime, which one was that? Oh man, I'm not sure. Yeah, they, it was another one, um, I don't remember the name of it right now, it'll come to me, but, uh, there's a ton of information about the legend, about the Blair Witch lore, right? And it all pretty much uh, stems from this one woman in the late 1700s, which is pretty cool. I love, like, just local folklore like that. I, I, I eat that shit up. I think that's some of the coolest stuff. Uh, I What is there's like... Uh down by you like down by like jersey and stuff like that they have like jersey devil stories and stuff like that mothman things i just love all of those like uh i guess they're just like folklores i think that's that's super cool we had a mothman sighting on long island that was a thing oh really <laughs> yeah dude uh we have let's say there's the mothman that we have the amityville house uh, you got well, Bigfoot around here. Supposedly. Wait a second. I, I thought Mothman was a West Virginia thing. There's two Mothmen. Dude, I think it's one Mothman. I think he's just fucking everywhere. You don't think there's more the than Northeastern one thing. Mothman? You think there? I, I, there has to be multiple Mothmen if there's one, right? I don't know. I don't. I don't know, like man. You ever see the Jersey movie? South Jersey and a North Jersey Devil. <laughs> <laughs> Much <be>. different. <laughs> I've met a few of those. <laughs> I'm sure you have, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, so what do you think about the cast of this original film? The basis of all the uh, the future franchise, you know, the, the video games, the other movies. What do you think about these three? About Heather, Josh, and Mike? Yes. Uh, there's. I think that's, I think they're believable. I think yeah. that they, uh, I think they definitely come across as you know, people who are genuinely uh, scared, frustrated, and have a disdain for one another throughout this film. I agree with that. Uh, I feel like eventually, even if you're really good friends with somebody, when you're put in an impossible situation where they're literally being fucked with, and like there is no escape. You'll start to turn on each That's other. It's a breaking point. No matter how, yeah, no matter how close you are, eventually you'll snap. It'll it always happens. You put me and Mike at a pasta dinner, and there's one meatball left. We're gonna fucking fight. It's it's inevitable. It's gonna you. happen. Yeah, I will fucking kill you for that. <laughs> Chase, what what about what about you, man? Do you like these? Do you like these three? Yeah, I, I think it's time to reveal that I am not a fan of Blair Witch Project. Uh, <laughs> however, I, I think for the marketing to work this cast was needed. Uh, they were all relatively unknown. Um, and in order for that to work, they I think they picked the right cast. 
That's a great call. Yes. I think them being unknown plays huge into how this all came together. Yeah, and it really helps when the people are willing to play along with it, just like Cannibal Holocaust, which would you say that was the first found footage film or not really? I mean, we had a I whole would. episode on it, but you would say that that would be the first real found footage film, I would say, right? I would say between, uh, you know, like I said, 1980s Cannibal Holocaust or, you know, if, if that's kind of cutting it close to what's being called found footage, I think definitely uh, in Japan, the, the guinea pig series from Devil's Experiment in 85, I mean, you uh -huh. have to give that credit as being one of the first found footage movies, as in that was, you know, marketed, you know, was put out as... Hey, these are real movies that we just found. I don't know where it's from. It could be real. It could be fake. So I think there's definitely elements to all of those things happening in the 80s. But Blair Witch, I think, is the first one to take all of those things, put them together, and be like, here's a complete package of what a found footage movie is. Well, first of all, there was the last broadcast, which is a whole know. other I, I can of worms. About that, and it's very under-talked about. People don't even know about that movie which actually came out before the Blair Witch Project, but there there is no connection. Nobody stole from anybody. It's just one of those things that happened. Yeah, production overlaps uh, on that, right? Yeah. Now, here's the thing. You said, like, the Guinea Pig series. Uh, is that really... Like, what is a found footage movie? Like, does... This is going to sound stupid as fuck, but, like, does the like the footage they use for the movie have to literally be found somewhere? You know what I mean? Like, Cannibal Holocaust, they have to go back into the jungle and they find their 16mm reels. With um, the Blair Witch Project, they end up finding the tapes and the reels, the you know, a year later uh, in the foundation of the house. Yeah. Like, uh, what's, what's, you know, the last broadcast, they find the tapes that the people did. Is, is that like a found footage movie or is, you know, like you said, like the guinea pig where, you know, technically it's supposed to be like a home video. Just a presentation. Yeah. But like then his face is a death, a found footage movie, because then, because that's supposed to be like it's home video half the time. You know what I mean? Like shit like that. Well, if that's the case, then it almost pushes it also to the point where it's like you could consider stuff like video violence a found footage movie if you're going to consider those things to be, you know, that far into that genre. Yeah, that's why I feel like for a found footage movie to really be a found footage film, it has to be, you know, the people that were killed or went missing or whatever left or made recordings about what happened uh the like footage what, has like to be the, found yeah like dude what about well yeah no that's what i'm saying no, that's I how get dumb it, it yeah. sounds like uh what like the mcpherson tape oh i forget about yeah. that too the ufo stuff you know yeah that's another big one which i you know if you go watch that i think it's on like the daily motion or something like that you could find it fucking watch that shit that's a very awesome shot on video found footage alien siege film i guess you could say right it's just a lot of screaming lights things like that but it's super entertaining and people thought it was real that was another one people thought that was fucking legitimate now you watch it in 2020 and you're gonna fucking <laughs> laugh when you see the ending but you know when you watch that you know, maybe you're seeing what, like a third, fourth generation bootleg 
if you got it at a video store, that's probably a bootleg too, yeah. because not many of those even exist. Um, you know, when you start degrading the quality of the film, things start looking a little bit more real. <laughs> it does help in those in these uh, low effects. Yeah. That's for sure. Like if if this was shot in thirty five millimeter, you wouldn't be like you would be like, oh, this is a fucking this is a regular movie. Well, that's like I was gonna but, say too is that it, it, the found footage aspect it it almost helps if the if the movie if, or the footage that's being shown is actually shot on video. But Cannibal Holocaust looks great, and the stuff that's supposedly found looks too good, I think, in the aspect of how a found footage movie should be. Whereas, like, when Blair Witch, you see this footage, and it, it's, like you said, it's 8mm, it's handicam stuff. So I think that really helps it feel how I'm expecting a found footage to feel. I agree 100%. There's, like, shakiness to it. There's, you know... Amateurness. You're, you're seeing... Yeah, you're seeing like everything, not just the important stuff. You're right. seeing all even the trivial shit where, you know, they're fighting over dumb stuff and you, you're still getting that on camera. I really I enjoy that. And people say like, oh, not a lot of stuff happens in this movie. Well, it's really supposed to be like a documentary of these people in the woods lost like not there's not going to be something happening every fucking minute of the day you know like it only it's only going to happen once in a while or at night you know this and that and that's what i like about this that's why it seems kind of real is because it's not just gag after gag after gag or even the newer blair witch the 2016 one you know that suffers from that problem where it comes across a little bit more like a movie because there's constantly it's something intense. coming yeah yeah there's constantly something happening and it's a good movie i enjoy it but it just doesn't feel the same where this original blair witch it literally feels like you're out in the woods with your friends and you're f like in trouble and you got the cameras going and, and you know it's really just gonna be me fighting with grizz for 15 minutes about something stupid like he fucking drank some of my water or something and you're gonna be screaming at each other that helps it. this movie so much i think though because without it there's no there's no character dynamics there's no you don't give a fuck about these people without seeing some of this like you know mundane interaction between them to get a sense of how these people are with one another if there is any friendships there it, it does help make you care at all about these characters yeah it just seems super real to me yeah. i really really think they pulled off uh what they were trying to do just with the cast alone and the setup for the movie and the way it's shot the way it was released they really they nailed it yeah and i think them filming it probably is the reason that you pick up on all of that had they had a cameraman i think this would have fell so much flatter uh, just you get the shots like anyone out in the woods with a camcorder would have where they're pointing at trees they're dragging it along <laughs> the ground uh, that doesn't happen in cannibal holocaust or lost broadcast or last broadcast you just don't get that uh, i don't know if you guys know this but when they're attacked at night and they're running away from the tent they had somebody in the woods dressed like an all white and it, you know the person was far off in the distance but they missed the shot they didn't see it that's what she's screaming what the fuck is that or what the hell was that yeah that's that's what she's yelling at is that she saw that in the woods 
and they missed the shot and you know what they didn't go back and redo it and i enjoy that because that's that's real it keeps it if you don't get you don't know like if you were fucking scared to death in the woods you're not gonna think to put the camera up and make sure you get a shot of whatever the fuck this creature yeah. or possible <laughs> possible real witch uh, you're not gonna try to like hold on wait let me get a shot with my fucking camera it's like no I'm getting the fuck out of here and I really like how they didn't even go back to reshoot it they're just like it wasn't meant to be fuck it you know and I really think that actually uh, is a, another strength to this that if they showed the witch you probably would be even more disappointed. Yeah, I would have made. I, I, I'm not the biggest fan in the world of this movie, and I think if they would have showed the witch, it would have totally took me out of it. I think I'd have been like, "Up, eh, game over. This this ruins it." Very rarely is uh, like the payoff there when there's some sort of like essence or evil or haunting or demon or something. The only time that I've really been like, holy shit, that's awesome, is fucking Superstition. And I don't know if either of you have seen that movie. Chase, yeah. have you ever seen Superstition? Yeah. So you know when like the thing's coming down the fucking stairs and the lightning's going, like, and it's all... That is an awesome looking witch to me. Like, that is everything I thought it would look like. And even like the Sandman, that's another thing. Like that monster to me looks <laughs> I know you awesome. love that so much. Dude. Like that, that payoff is great. That thing is awesome. Uh, I think in this movie, it was better that they, they left it out. Because it's a real gamble. And it's hit or miss. And you rarely hit when it comes to low budget monsters of say, any their, sort. Their budgetary restraints would have not allowed them to do any justice to what the build-up to what this creature should have or this witch should have looked like. So it's better to leave it out if you can't do it justice. Did Paranormal Activity show anything? No, right? That was all off-screen stuff, like the girl got yanked or whatever, but you don't actually see, like, a ghost of any sort, It's right? all just, you know, you know yeah, just kind of like, you know, things moving and shit like that. I don't think it's actual. I mean, the only thing you really see is, like, the whole witch weird thing that happens in those movies. And you know what's funny about that, too? People, like, um, say, like, oh, uh, you know, nothing happens in this movie. You don't see anything. But they're the same people that are like, oh, yeah, Alfred Hitchcock. He's a fucking genius. Like, yeah, he, like all those movies. Like, you don't have to show, like, all the stuff for it to, like, uh, be a great movie. You know what I mean? Like, Here we go. It's, yeah. What? It what? <laughs> it's true. It's fucking true. No offense. Tell me no, how you really feel about Alfred here. Hitchcock, Mike. Well, you know, to tell you the truth, uh, I, it's not some. You know, I don't really go watch his movies. It's not something that uh, I was. I'm really. You don't think Psycho like, oh, is a good movie? Uh, <laughs> oh man. I mean, like, do I understand its importance to? No, that's the not genre? what I'm asking. I'm asking if you think it's a good movie. <laughs> if I had to rate it on the chase scale, I'd yeah. give it like a two five. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I'm just not a. I'm. I'm just not a fan of that stuff. I don't know, but like, I like Herschel Gordon Lewis movies, and it's not like it. You know, it's not like I just hate everything from the '60s and all that, and you know, the '50s. It's not like that. I just don't really enjoy those movies too much. I don't know. Even like the birds, it's just funny to me. You know, it's just not not as strong as film. I'm not a birds fan either. 
You know, when you can watch movies like fucking Black Sabbath and stuff, like that shit's awesome. You know? What can I say? I'm a Bava guy. You have an acquired taste, Mike. <laughs> I'm a very I'm a special person. My mom says I'm special. All I'm right. Sure she does. <laughs> Speaking of special, this movie is extremely special because it used the internet to market itself. The transition, goddamn, dude. Now, well done. The in- yeah. the internet was in its infancy, or maybe it was like a toddler. You were able to go do things. Finally, there were websites, chat rooms, all sorts of shit in 1999. Was it as extensive as it is now? No. So. If you went on the internet and you went to the BlairWitch.com, your ass is thinking that's a real website, that that's going on 100%. Now there's, you know, there's nowhere you can Google. You couldn't Google it. You know, is the Blair Witch real? It's like, no, like you had to go on message boards. You had to, you know, go on that website, look through all the shit that they had on there, try to figure it out for yourself is this a legitimate thing that they're trying to exploit the death of these three people for some sort of uh, monetary gain 13 year old me was such a fucking mark for this dude i i bought that so hard i was on that website me and my friends were talking about it i i thought that you know being stupid and young and naive this has to be real these people had to have been look at the footage man so i i, I bought it they got me Chase, what about you, man? Did you buy that, or were you like, fuck that, dude? This uh, is too old movie. for that shit. No, so I think that was the one thing that I miss about movies, even though I was not a fan of this now. Uh, then, like, you couldn't watch the trailer setting with friends. Like, you had to hear about it and then go home, get on your shit-ass internet dial-up, <laughs> and try to watch this trailer or find out anything about the movie, catch things on cable, uh not anything you could dial up on streaming so that added to it uh and that doesn't exist today and i think that kills the hype for most movies it so does there's just this fun time in in movie making and and movie marketing yeah well i'll say you know every time you used to have to literally wait for like a fucking fangoria or you know gore zone or anything like that to like hopefully cover a movie that you heard about at the, at school through like your friend's pothead older brother like oh yeah like Freddy versus Jason's coming out meanwhile like fucking Jason goes to hell didn't even come out yet and you know you're you're getting the new Fangoria you're looking through and you're like ah fuck another Godzilla fucking yeah. uh, expose easy come on or they're talking about something I love Godzilla yeah, please everybody knows that you also had to go to video Godzilla. stores uh, a lot of people talk about the nostalgia of that I, I think people miss the coming soon uh, this missing poster oh, yeah. would have been in the window in oh, some mom yeah. and pop stores Oh, yeah, for sure. And even like just browsing the aisles, you're looking and it's like, oh, like I've seen all these before. And then you there's something else that pops out. You know, it's I don't know. It's different now. There was like a, this it's time ruined. period in, in like trailers and shit. Was, I think it was when everybody started showing you so much Everything. of the movie. Like, here's yeah, the, the whole movie. fucking movie in the trailer. And this was different in the sense that they weren't telling you anything. They were telling you just oh, this could be real. Here's some, you know, news clippings. Here's these tiny snippets that don't make any sense at all that you have to try to decipher. And and that really set itself apart from everything else in that time. 
It also didn't hurt that they had a 40 second spot before Star Wars Episode 1 The Phantom Menace. Oh, dude, that's huge. <laughs> that, that's really, that's like the rocket ship to the top. Hell right? yeah. Hell yeah. But as we said, the internet was a big deal with this one. There was all sorts of interactive shit. There was uh, all sorts of extra interviews, extra information, extra lore. And it all really helped to propel this movie to be what it was, what it still is. And I feel like at the time, people kind of, I don't know. I remember people kind of liking it. Like, I remember at school people liking it. I remember I being like kind it. of indifferent. I, I really, it took me time to, to appreciate this movie. Freaked me out when I was, dude. I mean, I saw it when, like, when I was probably 13, 14 years old. And it definitely freaked me the fuck out back then man i was already fucking battle hardened by desensitized that. mike doesn't scare easy <laughs> yeah so yeah, I, I didn't see it till the vhs release and uh i, I will say it, it was a little shocking watching it the first time but it it's just not something that ever stuck with me do you think that all the mockumentaries that they made for it helped or hurt the movie oh, do hurt. you think yeah hurt you think it hurt it overexposed so do you think that's like the first case of like you know like how you buy a video game then they try to sell you the uh like the expansion like oh like you're gonna get this fucking new level and these uh new skins uh, with that it was like oh the blair witch we're gonna give you this fucking new mockumentary now it's gonna be about the kids that died in 1940 yeah i yeah. i do enjoy the lore i always like knowing more about what the fuck's going on but i do feel like there's too many of them and they all kind of say the same thing yeah i think there's a period they probably could have rode the what the fuck happened to this cast um and a lot of that sci-fi stuff that they showed which was like extra footage uh, a lot of the mockumentary stuff that came out around that time just kind of blew out the found footage like there is more of this that wasn't in the film you saw yeah and i, I, I think that yeah. kind of killed it i was gonna say the big killer of this movie was the the sequel that's what really destroyed the feeling of this film and what this franchise could have been i agree with that 100 percent. that if they would have went in a different direction uh than the book of shadows i think it probably would have stayed kind of more successful because all the franchises that really started at that time kept going oh, right yeah. they all they're all pretty much still around or at least went for years after that but the Blair Scream. Witch kind of yeah well the Blair Witch kind of just like you know blew its load early that's it like they fucked up making Book of Shadows completely different that's when like the band goes oh yeah we're gonna experiment on this uh, album and try something completely this is different. the sound that made us popular now let's fucking change it yeah yeah and everybody's like dude that sucks that's <laughs> what happened how dare you them. grow as a musician yeah, yeah <laughs> just well, do what i like you pieces of shit exactly. dude imagine imagine they came out and said that like the witch was like a prequel to the blair witch project that would have oh, made dude, me like that I movie more I, I, I love that movie anyways. I think that's a fucking... I think that'd be a cool tie-in. I think they could have really done something special with that. Look Imagine at you. You that fucking was making these cool... Like, who the hell are you, dude? You got all kinds yeah. of ideas. Yeah, what can I say? I'm pretty good, man. Why aren't you in Hollywood, uh, man? Uh, you know. You're too pretty for that you know. shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so since we brought it up, uh, and I, I'm not a fan of The Witch either, I just got to call out that that movie is a rip-off of Eyes of Fire to me. 
I don't know if you guys have seen Eyes of Fire, but The Witch is basically a ripoff of that movie to me. I've only seen the cover of it. I've never actually seen the movie. Is it worth seeing it? I mean, I love The Witch, so I'd probably love that if you're saying it's just a ripoff. Yeah, I think if you watch it knowing that you like The Witch, you'll see the similarities. You probably won't like it. Uh, It's definitely older (laughs) and outpaced, uh, but it's... uh, to me, that's what I saw when I watched that movie. No shit. It's that's cool. It's yeah. like fucking Witchfinder General, like that type of shit. <laughs> no, it's, it's not that old. It was in mid '80s, so. The the Conqueror Worm. Yeah. Oh, I God. think it's the same movie. Same movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's time to take a break. Uh, well, no, it's not. It ain't a break. We're going into the meat grinder. The meat grinder. Okay, so this week was pretty easy, man. I was like, okay, we're doing the Blair Witch. So I guess I just got to write me a spooky song about a witch <laughs> and killing kids in the woods. So uh, let's let's do it. That's what you do anyways. Finally, one day, old Mr. Pryor come down into the market and said, I'm finally finished. And what did he mean by that? Well, I guess nobody knew at first, but the police uh, finally went up on the mountain. And uh, they searched his house, and they found the bodies of seven kids from the area. I'm going to keep doing this till I have enough to put out like an album. I think I'm going to put out the Bad Taste Video Meat Grinder album. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> there you go. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> you know, we'll do that with donations and like if somebody sends like X amount of money, like you'll send them like nudes or something like that. Yeah, I got plenty. Do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll put your Hulk Hogan gear on, right? <laughs> Only for special donations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this movie starts with a bunch of hillbilly. No offense, Chase. Uh, take it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, interviews. These people ch- kind of telling the story through like the locals' you know eyes. Do you think this is a good way to start a movie like this? Because I think it really. I mean, being from. You know, the Northeast, you go to Pennsylvania, you go into upstate New York, and you start meeting people like this. 
where they'll tell you, you know, don't go out in this area. You know, people go and then they don't come back when really it's just people getting like murdered by, you know, drug runners in the woods. But, uh, I feel like these interviews add a little bit more to the realism. Right. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, this totally helps the build up. Uh, it, it not only helps the build up, but this is a great way for uh, this film to introduce a little bit of the backstory for you to get some ideas of the, the history of the land for why these people are so freaked out of these woods. Without this section, you just have these fucking kids going to chase a witch in the woods is all you really know. And with uh, this, these interviews, you're also giving you know, tons and tons of backstory to the the lore that you can work on in later movies, which they decided to really not want to shit on exploit. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why they wanted to do that. But I really do think that the interviews and the people telling them like, oh, I really wouldn't go in there if I were you and all that shit. I think it's a really good setup to this whole movie. How do you think the Blair Witch Project compares to other movies of 1999? It's pretty unique because it's obviously, you know, a super low budget movie going against multi-million dollar, um, you know, studio films. You think it, it actually holds up to like Deep Blue Sea shit like that? Man, it's it's tough. I think 99 is a really kind of shitty year for movies, to be honest with you. I think the horror scene of, of 99 is really nothing to write home about where this stands apart from everything else because of how unique it is. So I think that this does. I think this holds up compared to everything else of 99 because everything else in 99 was kind of shitty. So there's three movies that I think of in 1999 that I would put on a similar uh, I guess pedestal as this movie uh, one is House on Haunted Hill that remake from 99 Not is bad. great yep. right and I believe there's Marilyn Manson on the soundtrack uh, you also <laughs> you also have Idle Hands Amazing movie. That's the that's the standout movie in '99, in my opinion. And you also have uh, Audition. Not familiar which with Audition. Is, yeah, that's another good one. Now, I want to also say, not so much you know in the horror f genre that we would watch, but you also had the Tim Burton Sleepy Hollow come out that year. That's a cool movie, man. I, for what that movie is, I, I could sit down and watch that movie every October and not be uh, you know bored or. Feel like i'm watching a kid movie or some shit i definitely have not seen that movie in years but i would op i would be open to rewatching it i it's feel like fun. that's something pretty cool yeah. yeah i mean it's not really like i wouldn't even say that's a kid's movie no but right? the whole like that's story like a, typically you know you think of the disney sleepy hollow like a bob crane the whole you know what you grew up watching and stuff so i, I just kind of think of that so in a sense when i say kid movie i i think of the kid's young story adult. yeah young adult so. yeah i'm not a <laughs> Since my buddy is a huge Blair Witch fan, I'm going to bring up uh, 99's Ravenous, the Western horror. Uh, yeah, that's a that's that, seen one that one. That's was cool. a commercial flop, but uh, it is a, in my opinion, pretty decent horror movie from '99. I don't think I've ever seen Ravenous. Not the one with hmm. uh, <laughs> what's his name, Leo DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah, no. that, uh, it's got David Arquette. That was one too. What the fuck? 
These are movies? Yeah. yeah. Write this down, dude. It's like cannibal shit, Jesus. man. Get into it. <laughs> oh, I got it. Well, I only know the Italian cannibal movies. That's the <laughs> oh, yeah. It doesn't hold a candle to that shit. I don't even go into it with cannibal on the brain. I like the real deal. All right. <laughs> so when you look at Blair Witch Project and you, you see the way it's filmed and stuff, you would think, uh, you know, low budget kind of film just because of the camera work and everything. But obviously you hear about the budget that actually went into it. It, it was pretty substantial. Uh, compared to other movies of 1999 that uh, when I think of the low budget shot on video movies in comparison I mean we got stuff from like Marcus Koch from like Rot there's movies like Lunatic uh, Merchants of Death Animals with Leanna Quigley and these are all things that are just like a totally different realm of low budget but in the same you could put them in the same category because they're all shot on video and it's it's interesting to see how Blair Witch Projects takes the same kind of cameras and maybe a little bit of a bigger budget and can do something a little bit special, whereas you get these other movies that are just shot on video, typical, over-the-top, gore, you know, home fun movies. It's, it's just two different realms, but in the same kind of playing field. Yeah, well, like the stuff like Camp Blood and like Marcus Koch stuff, like, uh, you know, Rot it's that is like the super super bottom tier of like the shot on video stuff as and saying you know saying like boarding house and sledgehammer is at the top where like when it goes to production as right, i put yeah. my air quotes up you're not saying uh, bad you know in a, in, a, in a negative way you're just saying in the sense of you know production and the, the yeah, value of money it going of in because then you got movies like Animals and stuff like that, where it had a little bit, maybe a little bit more than things like Rot had. Yeah, it's, um, there's a little bit more put into it. Like Addicted to Murder. What? Which one? The second one or the third one came out that year? Oh, the third one came second out, one? I think, in 99. Yeah. Uh, Addicted to Murder 2 came out in 99. Is it? Oh, like no, that shit. had a, yeah, that had like, you know, these are on a little bit higher of that shot on video ladder. Now, the Blair Witch Project, though, feels like a legitimate, like, movie that was just Hollywood so happened movie. to be, yeah, that so happened to be shot on a camcorder. Now, could that be the extra two hundred and fifty to seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars that went into post production? Yeah, I think that's Possibly. the comparison. I think that's the comparison <laughs> that I'm trying to make is that with that little bit of extra budget, you could have that same equipment. But if you just had that little bit extra and the, and the right personnel, those those movies that we just talked about, I think could have easily could easily be in the same category if they just had that little bit more uh, time and budget put into them. Yeah, I'm. Well, I mean, I think the Blair Witch Project was, uh, you know, even though these people were shooting the movie themselves, I think just the idea that uh, that they had and the way that it was pulled off makes it look even more professional than all those other shot on video movies. It's just, it, it just, it was like a perfect storm and everything went right. You know how you always hear like, oh, like this went wrong, this went wrong, it was fucking terrible, this, oh, yeah. this, this. I feel like everything that happened happened for a reason with them and everything worked out. Well, it feels you know. real because I think and a lot of it is because of the sense that it is real. Uh, I, I don't know if you were reading a lot of that stuff where like the director would basically give these guys scare the shit out of them. Yeah. yeah, they would scare the shit out of them. He would basically give them the cameras with no real direction other than these notes inside of these canisters of film being like, this is where you're going. This is the idea that you're having for the day. 
good luck. So these people were legitimately lost. They didn't know where the fuck they were. They didn't really know each other that well. And it was legitimate interactions that they were having with one another. And I think that helps how real the movie feels. And it's such a smart way to do it. I think if they would have had this whole thing scripted out where they were like, oh, you got to do this, you got to do that, completely would have ruined uh, the, the, the way this whole thing comes together. I agree. Yeah, so I definitely I, agree. With if that. I'm going to throw out a 99 movie that I think budget-wise battles this, and in, in my opinion, uh, from watchability battles this, is a uh, desecration uh, about a boy's mom who gets killed by an or a boy's mom who's a nun gets killed, and it's like supernatural shit from there on out. But that was a 16 Damn. millimeter, and uh, I think it was a hundred and fifty thousand dollar budget desecration it's called yeah i think did, did code, that come code out red just tape? released a blu-ray not too long ago i think did that come out on tape uh not that i've seen i'm sure it exists oh then i don't care <laughs> oh i did just see this uh the blu-ray release of this uh with like the nuns with the creepy fucking faces and stuff right yeah yeah that's it oh dude this looks uh, super cool now that i'm looking at it i gotta watch this He's got it up in his Amazon cart right now. Yep. But already <laughs> over. See you later. Yeah, you got oh, it. Oh, these nuns it. look fucking wild, Chase. Good call on this movie. I got to watch this. Yeah, the, the makeup and effects in that are pretty good. So what would you say is like, uh, you would say that would be probably your contender to go against this? Yeah. See, now I'm trying to think of something that would go against the Blair Witch Project. <sighs> Man. See, everything had a huge budget. Like, there was nothing that was, like, lower budget that could really go against it. Uh, bats, maybe? Oh, don't even say that. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> hey, that VHS was upside down, man. That's a pretty cool release. Oh, Is it really? Yeah, like, if you hold it, like, it's supposed to look like the bat's hanging upside down. Oh, so wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, so find cool. it on your shelf, man. It'll fall right the fuck out. He's got five copies of bats. <laughs> I have it some. I have it somewhere over here. I'm going to actually do that when uh, when we get to take a break. So there's not many actual special effects in this movie, right? If there's any. Uh, there's none, actually, right? Tying some just have like, up. I mean, that's special. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's like a rag with teeth and blood and hair in it. But other than that, there's no real special effects yet. This somehow is a scary movie. Real teeth, by the right? way. Yeah, they got them from a dentist. Yeah, I that's like pretty that. cool. That's legit. I got a, I got a stash of things that came out of me. Yeah, you got some teeth. <laughs> I got a piece of a tooth. Hell yeah! I yeah. have a uh, kidney stone. See, I know you got some stones, baby. Dust. Yeah. I got it all in like a jar. Mike and I I'm share like, the stones. I'm gonna keep probably. it. <laughs> yeah. These guys are so rock fucking hard. Stone to the bone, baby. <laughs> <laughs> As he sips his Pedialyte, it makes complete sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I drop my pen, I've my he drinks lesson. the Pedialyte. <laughs> but this movie shows that you don't really need over-the-top shit for a movie to be good. And how many times do, do we have to say that, right? You don't need crazy effects for an effective movie. And everything just has to come together. I think it's the right combination of, you know, people, time, and place. If, if you can just capture a moment that feels real, that you know, can speak to somebody on a, a level that they can, can, can connect with, you're going to have something fucking awesome like this. And I think that's what Blair Witch did. It hit a nerve in a time and a place where this hadn't been done, and it just fucking nailed it. Yeah, I think there's something to be said about the genuine fear 
that you see in the faces of these actors. Like you, totally. You can't get that by telling someone they're supposed to be scared of a special effects monster that they've seen thirty times on set. That's exactly uh, it. They're drinking the Dr. Pepper with them before, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, all right, let's get out there. You can stab way. me, bud. No matter how much uh, method acting Kane Hodder does, it still will not replace the genuine fear people feel in the woods alone and being in a tent. Yeah. And people start punching the tent without you knowing they're there. Yeah. <laughs> And that, it's just, oh. that's like a real that's, I think that's what helps with this movie too is that yeah you have all these movies we got Freddy fucking Krueger you got that and it, it's there's a level of make believe there that takes you out of it whereas everyone's been fucking camping everyone's been scared in a tent because they heard a noise that they didn't know what it was in the middle of the woods and stuff so it, yeah. it, there's a, a level of relatability that is not there in some other kind of horror genres yeah, like there's still that unknown in the woods, right? Like you don't know what's out there, oh, what yeah. could be out there. Whenever there's like a creepy, decrepit old house in the woods, you're like, oh, that place is fucking haunted. Or there's some shit going on there. When really it's just an abandoned fucking house. But haunted there's something fuck. about yeah, there's something about like that aura of like the deep woods and all that's you know, what what happened there. A hundred years ago, like that something fucked up happened there before you were even a <laughs> You're thought. You're making dad's up the balls. backstory in your head. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I live on Long Island, so there's tons of like Native American shit here. So like, you know that there's some cursed motherfuckers running around this place. <laughs> you know, there ain't. Oh, we have Lake Ronkonkoma is supposedly haunted by an Indian princess who like drowned herself instead of like Ron marrying some other guy. Yeah. Yeah, Ron Konkuma. Yeah, man. of course, Ron Konkuma. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Dude, there's we have all sorts of like Massapequa, Ron Konkuma. Yeah, just look this up to to add to my hillbilly. I would definitely call that Ron Konkoma. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all been yeah, down there, Ron Konkoma? <laughs> I just looked it up and that's what I'm seeing, like Ron Konkoma. Anthony and I used to play in a band and we would play a venue that was over by the train station that like ran through that town. And like whenever you would go, it was like going to another fucking dimension, dude. The people you would meet, like it was like going into like deep Pennsylvania. Dude, don't insult you know I mean? our fucking Ron Konkoma fans, man. What are you doing? <laughs> I hope you have Ron Concoma fans. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. That's like people go to Philadelphia, they go to Lancaster, Pittsburgh and shit. But then like you'll go to like Severed. That's like in uh, like Stroud was that Stroudsburg? Yeah. And like it's like oh like this this is like mountain people over here. Like yeah. when you go to the random places, it's like this is awesome. <laughs> I broke down in Dutch country one time coming back from a festival, man, and it was a Sunday, and I ended up having to like stay in this town overnight. Nicest fucking people in the world. I got they got me a hotel. They fed me. I was dude. I was set up. There you go, man. I didn't See? die. It was amazing. I thought for sure I was being in a horror movie. <laughs> no, you never judge a book by its cover. Yeah. All right, man? Unless it's me. You should definitely judge me by the way that I look. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With your weed eater shirt and a mullet. I'm fucking trouble, this guy baby. Likes, this guy likes the party. <laughs> yeah, that's been my comfort you know feeling you... of all my travels around the states is there is always a southern town in any area. You just go <laughs> yeah. 20 miles out of a city and you're in a southern area. That's exactly it. I can yeah. attest to that. Yeah, but you know what? Like, Chase, you can go out and, like, you could go anywhere and still pass 
Like, oh, he's Southern. Yeah. He's got the accent. Like, if you go anywhere, like, north, nobody gives a fuck if you have a Southern accent. Because we don't give a fuck who you are. We don't talk to us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but, like, if, if Grizz or I, like, when we went to, when I went to Texas or, and all that yeah, shit, dude. like, they look at you like you got three fucking heads. <laughs> like, yeah. like, what the fuck are you saying to me? Like, it's it's another world, man. Yeah. It's crazy. You don't know what it's like. <laughs> Mike feels discriminated against. <laughs> no, no, no. I did not say that. You don't know what it's like. <laughs> oh, boy. They all think we're stupid and fucking aggressive. But guess what? We're stupid or we're fucking aggressive. Yeah, until, right? I, until I start talking opinions, I, I can fit in anywhere as a southerner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chase, stand back and stand by. Oh, <laughs> no, we're just kidding. We're just kidding. What do you guys think about the ending of this movie? Pretty interesting. Horrible. Ambig uh, ambiguous? Horrible. Yeah, I, you don't like the I ending? think it lets people make their own decision on what happened, and that can go one of two ways. For me, it's horrible. Because immediately I'm just like, all right, jack shit happened. Yeah. Uh, but for others, they're gonna just, you know, put in their minds. Those people are still stuck there in the corner. Their bones are decrepit in the basement. Things like that. Nah, they're fucking dead. They're dead. <laughs> they're both dead. Everybody's dead. That's not how right? you take it. They're dead. They, they're, they're so. Killed. So there's. A, I watched a thing. There was a theory that uh, Mike and Josh actually killed Heather. And I was thinking, like, yeah, the only problem with that is the fact that there's two other fucking movies that show that there's supernatural forces in the woods yeah. that are being orchestrated by this witch. So that don't fly. So, you know, just like the Blair Witch that came out in 2016, uh, actually, you know what? I am not, you know, there's the culmination in the house in that one also. It's, it's, it's different. Then I think they pulled it off better in the 2016 Absolutely. one than in the... Like, Chase, this is why I'm going to tell you to watch that movie. The ending. Picture the original ending done correctly. Yeah. All right. I mean, I, if, like, if we could go back yeah. to it actually being like a deranged mind and they had killed her, like, that's the ending I would have loved for the first I would have loved that, too. <laughs> yeah. If that would have been the case where it was like that, that twist, fuck, dude, that would have been so good. Well, remember in the Blair Witch 2 Book of Shadows, it, uh, like, the the Blair Witch essence like makes them do things like that. Remember the guy kills his wife? Yeah. He like fucking that, that just that movie sucks, dude. I I, I don't want to justify anything that happens in that movie. Yeah, I'm not sure I ever finished that one. Uh but the suspense isn't there. Like I don't care about those characters from what I remember. At all, yeah. Uh I will say though that if you if you watch it now, it's not as bad as you remember. Just maybe through like you know looking back at that time period like oh it's like the year 2000 or whatever and like seeing what everybody's wearing the shit they listen to maybe like watching it's, it without thinking that it's a sequel to this movie just watching it is like hey this is a book of shadows movie you know this yeah is, this yeah is this this isn't yeah a part of something exactly. that i'm already expecting it to be exactly but as for the ending of the original blair witch uh josh is heard screaming in the woods Mike runs after the voice, runs into this spooky ass fucking house, goes up the stairs, which I don't know how he got confused that the voice was coming from upstairs, uh, runs up the stairs, then runs down the stairs into the basement when uh, 
Heather goes to look for him in the house. She follows, goes into the basement. He is in the corner, not making a noise, not doing anything, just standing there. And she is knocked to the ground and her camera is pretty much uh, goes dead, right? Now, here's the thing. There was apparently a Reddit AMA where uh, one of the directors said, like, why didn't he look back? Like, there's a reason why he didn't look back. Uh, what do you think he meant by that? Do you think it just was like in the Blair Witch movie? Remember, they explain at the end why they're in the corner? Yeah, because the, the dude don't, doesn't uh, want to... Don't ruin it for Chase. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to ruin that for Chase. It's already wood demons, so I, you might as well ruin it. And I no, probably no, no. won't watch it. Okay, yeah, ruin it for him. Ruin it for him. He doesn't want to like have the eyes on him, right? The fucking he doesn't want to like, yeah. the kids seeing him. If it, you have you have to see if you see the witch, it can kill you. If yeah. you can't see the witch, it can't kill you. Can't see you, kind of a thing. It's like you gotta be yeah. looking at it. And and I think the light also, right? Is that something else? Because like she's yeah. shining the light at it, and so I get fucking scared. Yeah, that makes anyway. a little more sense for the timeout routine then. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, in my head, for the ending of this movie, I just imagine that it's like a fever dream of Arthur Fonzarelli from Happy Days, and then it all just ends in that. You know, that's how it yeah. ends. <laughs> he he actually didn't make the jump on the bike. Right. Yeah. They never. That was actually just a and dream. And he has the brain damage. He's yeah. in the hospital. He's and this been is in what happened for seven years. Exactly. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like I'm absolutely honored to say right now it's time for the chase scale what a special moment the cinematic hell appreciation scale of excellence okay grizz why don't you go first give me your final thoughts and a rating on this movie uh this movie is uh, this movie is tough to rate uh basically this movie kind of breaks down into just four stage or one of the stages are you know scenes i guess you could say there's the pre-woods excitement where you get the build-up there's the entering the wood stage where everything is just kind of normal still and then the fucking map gets lost stage and everything starts happening into chaos and then all out madness stage and then the fucking house and things are spooky and you don't know how it all ends so with that being said this movie's like a fucking 2.5 <laughs> okay chase your turn all right so I, I i don't like this movie i do love hearing people that do like it talk about it uh i think that type of passion towards something like 1985's day of the dead like that was kind of the zombie movie for me that made me want to see all zombie movies and I think hearing people talk about Blair Witch and making them seek out other found footage films, uh, I have an appreciation for that. The movie itself, 1.2. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> bang, bang. That's the lowest score we've had. <laughs> yeah, fucking Cactus Jack over here. <laughs> uh, I think that this movie's done really well. It goes by very quick. It's, you know, people say nothing happens. People say it drags. I think the movie goes by pretty fast. They, you know, they're talking about the map the whole time. I didn't want to, you know, if you listen to any podcast or watch any video, that's all they talk about. So I'm not, I wasn't going to talk about that here. Thank you. That's a big, that's a big plot point in this. And you know what? Uh, I would give this, 
you know what? I'm going to give this a 3.75. I do like it. I do say definitely check it out. Uh, you could probably find it at any thrift store in America. It's, <laughs> yeah, you know, can. It was a very widely distributed tape. But I definitely think it's worth watching. And then also watch the last broadcast. And then also go back and listen to our Cannibal Holocaust episode, then watch that movie. Or maybe watch the movie, then listen to the episode. You know, Chase just made me kind of think of something interesting where he said, you know, the whole zombie movie thing for him. Like, for people, like, for kids that are born in, like, fucking 99, like, so when they go back to, like, oh, the year I was born, the movies that were cool, and they watch something like, you know, what we just talked about here, uh, the fuck movie are we talking about? Jesus Christ. The Blair Witch Project? Yeah, they're talking about the Blair Witch Project. (laughs) That, like, you know, that's their that's their big movie that they remember like oh the movie's so great and it gets them into things like vhs the movie it gets them into things like uh paranormal activity like that's their jumping off point being like you know chase wants to see every zombie movie now kids that came out you know in that generation are like i want to see every found footage movie because there's a fucking ton of them now since this movie came out eduardo sanchez did a, a segment on vhs too uh, I actually liked VHS and VHS too. I thought I think those are two really great movies. Yeah, I, w- I will give it up to any film that can reignite people into the genre. Uh, that that movie did, or Blair Witch did that for people. So I, I appreciate it from Hell that yeah. scale. Hell yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and also the I'm so scared thing, uh, pretty much became a pre meme meme. Yeah. Right? Oh, God, that <laughs> should have been copywritten. Yeah, they would have made a lot of money on that. I think a point that needs to be said that I, I, I missed out too, that I think one of the the absolute best thing to take away from this movie, the best part of this movie, is there's a scene where, you know, the whole time the main character, this chick or whatever, I guess you would call her the main character, um, uh, Heather, she's filming everything and they're super annoyed with the fact that she keeps filming even though things are falling apart. And there's a cool moment where the uh, the dude, Mike, takes the camera and he's like, I understand why you like the camera so much. And he goes, it's not quite reality. And that's a really cool, I think, I just took it away from watching it this time that I never, you know, took that away from before. It's like, yeah, that's really a cool aspect. That that's not reality when you're behind the camera. If you're filming hmm. everything that's happening and it's, it's fucking freaking you out and everything around you is falling apart, if, if you're filming it, it takes you out of it because it's not you seeing it with your eyes and i really liked that whole interaction in this movie my favorite scene is definitely that brian oblivion would say otherwise my friend how is that <laughs> for video drum <laughs> it's like you're blowing my mind right now i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> that's the he says television is reality right oh yeah, yeah. you and your uh, names Hey man, I just remember this dumb shit. I don't know. <laughs> I, all right, let's uh, let's hit porno corno and go to the video drop box. Or rather, the lack of sex. That's right, folks. We are in a crisis. 
The year is 1990, and the Russians cannot get it up any more than us here in the USA. Of course, this is not yet our reality, but it could be. This week, we dive into Ultra Flesh, the 1980 masterpiece from Collector's Video. This is a major adult sex extravaganza, sex extraordinaire motion picture. I will start this week by saying in no way can we do justice in two minutes to how wild this film is. We suggest you seek it out for a true appreciation. Our film enters into the president's chambers where we learn the impotence is worldwide. However, Mr. Sugarman swears that his men are not impacted and they can still fuck. The president and his first lady make the trip to watch in person, thus proving that sugar is not the cause of the world's problems. The Intergalactic Patrol decides to send Ultra Flesh, played by the legendary Sika, to Earth to save mankind. Ultra Flesh then services the world's leaders and restores their strong, stiff direction sticks. She orders them to go forth and fuck the world. Every man in every country now lines up for their turn with a fleshette who will cure their ailment. This film has a cast of hundreds, including 26 centerfolds who play our fleshettes, most notably Terry Dolan of Star Virgin fame. We learn that Sugarman and his gang of alien midgets are actually trying to take over the world. Only Ultra Flesh can stop them, and she uses her intergalactic orgasm to overcome the trap that was set. And now has not only saved the world, but won over the hearts of all viewers. We strongly suggest you watch this one. The costume and set design are unmatched, and this is the best there is. Signing off another episode of Porno Corno, treat them sleazy. Okay, we are here for our final movie of our October spooktacular, right? The culmination of all things Halloween and not so scary because we're not, uh, we really didn't do anything too scary. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, this week, this final one, this upcoming movie. Oh, okay, I'm excited is, about this. It's probably... I'm not going to say like it's my favorite movie, but it's up there. <laughs> I, I will say that I probably rented this more than almost anything as a child, watched it almost more than anything as a child, still watch it a ton, still know more about it than I should know. We will be watching 1991's Ernest Scared Stupid. Dude, oh boy. I am so fucking excited. Jim Varney is a goddamn national treasure. He should be monumented on fucking Mount Rushmore instead of those fucking slave owners. He is the man. <laughs> Dude, I, I have wanted to do this one for a while. We always joke about Jim Varney. We always talk about the Ernest movies, but we're really just saving 
this one for a special time, right? And uh, Chase was like, hey man, like, what, what, why don't you guys do this? Said, so fuck yeah. yeah I, I didn't think you were going to go for it. I'm surprised. Let's hit the trailer. We'll talk a little bit more about this. From Touchstone Pictures, monstrous trolls have sprung to life. That's your hope you're from Keebler. And now, Ernest P. Worrell is springing into action. He'll try anything. I know Tai Chi Kung Fu Chowman. And everything. Your shoes untied. To save the day. It's showtime. Yeah. It's Ernest P. Worrell in a brand new movie. Uh, Ernest Scared Stupid. How about a bumper sandwich, booger lips? <laughs> Starts Friday, October 11th at a theater near you. Okay, Ernest Scared Stupid, uh, Grizz, I'm taking, I'm gonna take it as though, uh, this is a childhood favorite of yours, right? Yeah, my dad was a huge Ernest fan, the first movie I can remember him showing me, uh, one of the first ones was definitely Ernest Goes to Camp, and, uh, I have a special love for Jim Varney, and without fail, every Halloween, we watched this at least a dozen times before, uh, the uh, the holiday chase what about you do you have a history with this movie yeah just varney in general like his tv show in the 80s that was something i grew up watching Man. so like i anything that came out with him i was at the video store picking it up and this one specifically had a huge promo in the video store near our house so it was kind of like right in your face as soon as you came in near Halloween. like a standy or yeah. was a poster it was uh, like standy? a it was like a counter standy but then it had a drop down thing that went over the counter Oh, that's awesome. so cool. I'd love to see that. That's sick. And it also has a connection to one of our favorites, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And we'll get into that next week on the Bad Taste Video Podcast. I think it's time that we head to the wide world of gore. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Wide World of Gore. We're going to go back to 2003 with this one. Uh, definitely what I would consider a one-of-a-kind film, and this is the movie Monstered. Directed and written by friends Rick Popko and Dan West, Monstered is everything that I could possibly love and look for in a movie. Now, this movie follows the story of Mr. Jack Schmidt, who is a serial killer and during his big prison break, he unfortunately comes in contact in the sewer system with some toxic shit. Now this toxic shit mixes with his DNA and we now have what the movie is named after, The Monstered. This movie is packed with all of the shit jokes and innuendo that you could possibly handle and fit into the hour and a half runtime. Well, it's actually about an hour and 20 minutes. We'll say an hour and a half. The local authorities and the FBI, of course, are hot on Jack Schmitz, the turd monster, or the monsterd uh, trail, but the bodies are stacking up and things come to the ultimate shit show head, uh, which happens to happen at the local town chili cook-off. How appropriate of a location for the conclusion of the, uh, the monsterd story. Uh, such a great finale, uh, the local cops facing off against this monster using super soakers and Pepto-Bismol. How fucking awesome is that? This movie is absolutely start to finish 
hilarious. I found myself laughing at not only the dialogue and the jokes, but every scene there is something that is, is on the wall or in a poster, in a picture. There's just something going on that is, is, is fucking funny that you could watch this movie over and over again and you could probably find something new to laugh at every single time. Which is pretty impressive since how this movie was made on $3,000. And from what I understand, they were just asking their co-workers and whoever they knew to be like, hey, I need you to film a part for this movie that we're making. And everybody in the movie plays it off so well. You would, you would honestly think that most of these people were legitimate actors. Um, for a low-budget movie, that's, that goes a long way because I've seen movies that have spent way more than 3000 that have way worse actors in them. The gore in this movie is special, and by what I mean by that is it's probably the goriest movie you could watch that does not have that much actual blood in it. The gore in this film comes from the abundant amount of human feces that is used in every possible gag, whether it's the killer's signature on the wall being written and shit, or the ending scene where this uh, mad scientist doctor and this turd monster are going at it, and it's just like the over-the-top farting sounds and this doctor being blasted with liquid shit. There is a little bit of blood, and there is some, you know, mangled body parts and stuff that do add to the gore count, but really it's special in the way that there is no other movie that makes you as grossed out uh, without showing people being torn apart. The sound design in this movie is also special in that department, whereas everything sounds disgusting. Everything sounds like shit. Everything just sounds wet, soggy, and it gives you the, the creeps the entire time watching it. Probably the best movie made on $3,000. As campy and as stupid as as the whole premises of the movie is, it fucking kills. Uh, For all you tape heads out there, this movie was put out on tape, even though it is later in the game in 2003. The one, the only Dead Alive Productions uh, was the people who got behind this film and put it out on a major release. Find the tape if you can. If not, hop onto YouTube. They have a free version of it on there for you to watch. And I promise you, your sides will fucking hurt when you are done with this one. Okay, I think that's it for this week. Wherever you're listening to us, please subscribe, like, share, whatever. Rate us five stars. Leave us a good review. Go over to uh, the Bad Taste Video Instagram page, Facebook page, really anywhere. Find our post about our give uh, about our giveaway hashtag Bad Taste Halloween, right? Uh, please check out what we have to give, man. We wanna we wanna give back to our listeners. I really think it's a good prize. I think it's worth the little amount that we're asking from you. Oh, and there's gonna be more than just what you're seeing in these posts too. I know me and Mike have talked about throwing in a couple extra goodies along oh. with what you're gonna see. So don't be surprised if you end up with a big box of shit at your doorstep if you win this. Oh yeah. The only reason why there's only seven fucking tapes per photo is because we wanted it to kind of be like similar, <laughs> aesthetic uh, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at a few other tapes if you're if you're into some of the Joe Bob Briggs. Uh, sleaziest tapes and I who, have. And I wouldn't be Grizz if I didn't throw in some fucking Rob Zombie shit for you, so you can definitely yeah, expect yeah. some of that, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, you just so, saw some post-deletes on that one. 
So uh, definitely check out uh, my Instagram, well, our Instagram, and check out our. Actually, let me do that again. Definitely check out our Instagram at Bad Taste Video. Check out Grizz's Instagram, Kane underscore Enabler. And check out Anthony's Instagram at Apicini, where you can find the photo to share and uh, hopefully win this giant prize pack that we are going to send to one lucky listener. That took forever to get out. That was quite a word salad. Speaking of Instagrams, Chase, what is your Instagram handle? Oh boy, you can find me at Gravespitter underscore, which is the saddest thing I've ever had to say out loud. <laughs> That's okay. Why well, I had to do it to you. That's fine. Appreciate That's fine. It. Yeah, yeah. Go follow Chase. Go bother him. He's got good tapes. Well, he's he can, got one he good can tape. Fix shit. I got, I got one good tape. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he posted nonstop. Yeah. So, uh, Grizz, anything else, man? Anything um, you got to say? I just want to thank Chase for for being on here with us. It's been a blast. Yes. And uh, thank you, you know, very much, Chase. Thank you. Follow guys. us. Listen to our podcast. What else can I say? Yeah, let's do this. Whoop whoop. All my juggalos and juggalettes. All right, whoop, Ninja. Whoop. Let's fucking call this one a wrap. <laughs> All right. See ya. Whoop whoop. <laughs>